Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another special episode of IndiePod, where we get to talk to the people behind some of our favorite indie games. Today, we have Monique Blaze, aka Momo, the project director for the upcoming title known as Pumpkin Days. Monique, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Joshua. I appreciate it. No problem at all. Now, I always like to start off by getting to know the people behind the game. So, Momo, tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got into the games industry. Ooh, oh, man, I have to go back a little bit. (laughs) Um, So I've always just really just been into like just art in general. And actually, I originally went to college for fine arts to do comics and cartooning. Um, But then I also really liked games um, as well. And so after I got my degree in fine arts, um, I went to uh, SCAD, Savannah College of Art and Design, and I did um, some game design here. And that's um, sort of how I ended up here. Uh, Interesting fun fact, uh, my parents were pretty strict with me and I actually wasn't allowed to play games for a couple of years because they were like, yes, they were like, oh, you need to focus on your studies and, you know, as parents do. Um, So it's really interesting. I actually parents. (laughs) They want the best, of course, but it's interesting that I actually, um, after not playing games, so I kind of missed that on the whole like Final Fantasy and like Kingdom Hearts era of gaming. Um, and I also grew up um, in the Caribbean on an island, and there's actually no game stores or anything like that. So oh whatever games, how did you survive? Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> well, uh, my parents traveled a lot, so they brought me like a game or two for Christmas. And that's pretty much just interesting fun fact about me is I actually didn't have a lot of exposure to games growing up. But hmm. it's interesting that as an adult, I've just gravitated back. And that's just what I ended up doing um, as an adult. Because when I uh, went to college, um, you know, I had my allowance. So I was like, ooh, you know what I can buy now? A new console. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, just a little bit about me. And um I think one of the first, so one of the first games I got back into after that drought of not playing games was actually um, Harvest Moon. That was a farming game, so that's mm-hmm. mostly what influenced me to do Pumpkin Days because that game is just so near and dear to me. Because that's like after not being allowed to play games for long as well, that was the first genre of game that I like got back into. Um, gotcha. So that's kind of what inspired uh, Pumpkin Days. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, we mentioned it, or at least I mentioned it before we started recording. But personally, farming simulators haven't been really a game that. Uh, or at least a genre that I've played a lot of. But your game definitely appears to be much more than you would think of for like just an average farming simulator. For those who aren't familiar with Pumpkin Days, how would you describe the game and what sets it apart from other games that are similar to this genre? So uh, Pumpkin Days, I describe it as a um, like farming, like RPG, um, also dating game. Uh, What Hmm. sets it apart is um, I really wanted to push and like add um more content than you would find in like a lot of the other classic games mm-hmm. um also keep in mind uh we started this game before stardew valley came out and so stardew valley actually got the jump on a lot of features that weren't in previous games 
<laughs> so um it's fine because you know we want like more you know like you know farming genres out there but right. going back to the question so um before stardew valley there actually wasn't um a farming game with same-sex marriage in it so that's something that we started working on um we also have like a non-binary character creator which isn't very common in at least anime style games mm -hmm. so we kind of wanted to have a lot more um inclusive um inclusivity um in that regard with creating your character um also growing up in the caribbean there's just so many like fruits and vegetables that like a lot of people at least in the u.s where i am now have never even heard of and so i wanted to bring some of that in the game and push like a lot of like a lot more like unique um crops and produce that you can grow um there's a lot of npcs because I, I really like um the dating sim aspect of games like that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so um so just more crops more npcs um just a lot more uh customization to your character and also multiplayer before stardew valley there wasn't um a multiplayer farming game which also in um inspired me to do um or have a multiplayer section of pumpkin days wow that's nice i i have a, a ton of follow-up questions but before we dive into a little bit more of that one of the things that i just wanted to kind of talk about especially that mm -hmm. you know i don't play games of this genre very often but i do think that especially now during times of crisis like the one that many of us are in right now games like this can really be appreciated because it, it gives you that that sense of escapism of you know just being able to work on your own little farm have your own little village that you're talking to all these people what was your main inspiration though for coming up with the game because obviously you didn't start just working on this during this time it, it is it simply just a love for the game of this style a way to escape maybe a combination or was there more to it than that so i mentioned earlier that i think like thinking about it deeply like because harvest moon was the first game that i played after probably like a couple years not playing games i think that's mm -hmm. what um you know like kind of inspired me to play a game but also um like going back to you know to my story um after i graduated from college you know the job industry isn't all that great if you're a creative uh person whether it's an artist or a game designer and so i was working like just a minimum wage job and since she you know more or less being miserable and then one day i was just like man i'm just gonna make my own game if no one's gonna hire me <laughs> um so that's kind of how the game process started and then just like like the harvest moon um farming genre um because i also like playing rpgs um i like action games from time to time but sometimes you just want to just chop a bunch of trees and craft and have a cute house and um <laughs> so uh and and those type of games again this is uh before stardew valley because i meant i'm going to mention Stardew Valley from time to time because their success triggered a lot of other um, farm-like indie games after that. Um, hmm. But we were actually um, in development, I think, around the same year, um, gotcha. about like uh, 2014. So Promagon Days has been in production for a long time. Um, so, oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> it's quite a while. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, there wasn't, like, there weren't that many farming uh, games out there. And I personally like that genre and um, so that's mainly why I decided to make this specific um, genre of game is because it's really niche. Um, mm -hmm. And but but there is a community that really loves those type of games where it's like non-combat and focuses more on like the NPCs and characters and like crafting and things like that. So that's mainly what inspired me to do that specific uh, genre of game. Gotcha. That makes sense. Um, so talking about you know the the amount of time that you've taken for development mm -hmm. um this game has been in early access for some time now i think it's been about a year or so can mm -hmm. you tell me a little bit about what that process has been like and when you think a full release might actually be ready 
Um, okay, so re-release in um, early access, um, let's see, July of 2019. Um, it's actually been really, really good. Um, I'm mm -hmm. really happy that we've gotten a lot of support. Um, as you know, we are indie, because hence your channel. So <laughs> um, funding is purely from um, the sales we get, and we're really, like, you know, humble and appreciative that the sales have been able to keep the game going. Um, right. So it's... You know, like, so thankfully it hasn't been a struggle because it could have very easily uh, been because the Kickstarter money has dried out from, you know, way back when. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just been a very, like, slow and steady wins the race is the kind of approach I take to development. Um, yep. So oftentimes, you know, because um, I work with um, our programmer, uh, Jaden, so it's mainly um, us two working the engine. And, and a lot of times I say this, I'm just like, Players will just have to wait. It's going to take a while, but it's much better to put out um, a good product. Um, mm -hmm. So even um, and so even our early access release was delayed by a year. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, yeah. And then I mean, one of the <laughs> things that that I've been hearing, especially since you know I've been doing this for for a couple of uh, devs, is development time just takes a lot longer than people realize. Oh yeah, especially when you are um, a small team. Uh, for us, a lot of um, I'll, I'll sorry, I'm I'm getting a little bit off track for your original question, but okay. just going into how the development cycle at least works for us is a lot of it has just been budget restrictions because we have a set number of budget to work from month to month, and so I can only like buy so many models or textures because I because um, I hire freelancers to help us um, like make things that I can't, and so that really um, contributes to um, like the time for us. But then also making games does take take a lot of time and right. then uh the second part of your question was when we're going to be out of early access i'm hoping again like i said um mm -hmm. i rather just take my time with the game than have a hard deadline but the goal is on october yeah. because pumpkin okay. days and october is pumpkin oh, month. that's um, true yeah so uh that is the goal fingers crossed we can make it but i'm i'm very um like particular you know especially from watching other games where this didn't work out so well for them is right. it's just better to kind of wait until your game's ready than rush it out for like a specific uh deadline yeah there's no point and because you know for for most of the people who are really excited about this game the people who are already in it they're probably the ones who are actively playing it and giving feedback and yes. okay with it taking a while because they understand that you know this is a longer process and for the people who are going to see it later when it's a full release mm -hmm. you only get one shot with those people and if it's exactly. not that fully polished product it's probably not as worth it to even release it like you're saying so i, I get it 100 percent. that makes sense yeah um, and even with our um with our steam reviews like you know we've gotten some thumbs down reviews of stuff that i've fixed like months ago but unfortunately those reviews are gonna stay with the game uh, which is unfortunate so that's why again right. i'm just very you know not want to rush things and make sure it's it's ready when it's ready yeah. And I think I I mean that's kind of why Steam has the the whole mm -hmm. recent reviews versus overall and I think mm -hmm. you should always take that with a grain of salt when you're looking at them, but yeah. it's actually interesting that you mentioned Steam reviews cuz that was one of the things I wanted to talk about. So one mm -hmm. of the positive reviews was very excited about the freedom to play the game any way you wanted, not feeling forced to complete certain activities, kind of playing to your own uh, style. Do you feel this reflects the game you're trying to build? What did you envision when you said, okay, this is the way the audience should play the game or shouldn't? Um, so, yeah, I, I think that what that review um, mentions is exactly right. I do like, and, and this is probably why I'm drawn to the farming genre game, is it's, it's kind of like you can play the game at your own pace. So mm -hmm. you have your typical things you do where you have a farm, obviously, 
Or you can have animals, but you don't have to. Or you can go mining, but you don't have to. You can fish, but you don't have to. Like, there's no, like, like, um, I mean, sometimes you can, you can trigger quests that might be like, hey, can you, like, you know, fish me up a salmon or something? But right. you don't have to focus on those specific features. And with Pumpkin Days, like, you know, I really do want to give the player, um, like, a lot of freedoms to play the game how they want. And actually, we even expanded on that. Um, at first, admittedly, I was a little bit hesitant because as developers, um, we tend to um, want players to play the game how we would like it. So we set our difficulties and things like that. But right. through developing Pumpkin Days, I've been learning to actually let go of that. So, for example, we have an internal clock in the game, which is actually pretty harsh. So you have a set amount of time to do things. But mm. through popular requests, because I do take player suggestions, um, we've actually given the players the option to edit the clock right then and then. It's not a mod. It's just something put in the game. Um, oh, if the players want to, so um, so 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 we allow the players to adjust the time. I've even added a dif uh, different difficulty settings. So um, there are some things in the game, like um, you know, when you pass out, the doctor takes a lot of your money. Um, that's um, like changes if you play on like an easy mode versus a harder mode. So I've kind of mm -hmm. been um, through like the game mechanics, allowing players to tweak the game. Um, how they want, even if it's outside of what I envisioned. Because um, I think that people really uh, value stuff like that. Right. That's so cool. That's It's so interesting to see that backstory of how a game has evolved. It's one of the reasons mm -hmm. why I think, and obviously sometimes you can get burned with it, but I think early access is such an interesting way to play games, especially yeah. if you are into that, whatever the genre is or the specific mm -hmm. game, just because you get such a different uh, sense of respect for how a game has evolved in that, you know, short or long, depending on how long the, the window was, but that yeah. period of time, because it, it is a drastic change between having that forced time and being able to then edit that clock however you want. So it's really cool to see that. Yeah, it's it's one of the benefits of being indie dev is uh, thankfully the game, you know, I'm I'm allowed to take my time on the game. I don't have to make like a certain release date. You know, it's, you know, disappointing for some players, but I'll just give them like an update being like, hey, guys, I know I said we we're going to patch on this date, but the system's taking longer, maybe because of bugs, maybe because um, we wanted to polish it up some more. Maybe there's more testing because we want to mm -hmm. make sure um, when we do release a new feature, we do enough testing Um that the players don't encounter the bugs even though it is an early access i do try my best to treat the game as if it's a full game even though it is right. an early access yeah and i mean it's it's good to to train yourself to to have that mentality now so that mm -hmm. when it does come out you're on top of things but um I also noticed while looking at the Steam page and going through some of the the gameplay of it, mm -hmm. the one of the the descriptions of the game had a mention of online co-op and PvP. Um, what are these online features, or what could we possibly expect down the road if they're not in there already? Okay, so we've actually uh, we do want to develop those a bit more, but in the multiplayer mode, um, I wanted to do something a little bit different to differentiate ourselves from other games, but. Um, Usually in farming games, you do more of a co-op mode. So you're farming like with your friends. So you have the oh, you know cool. similar farm, you share your gold. So that's the co-op mode. However, um, I've been working on maybe a more competitive mode if players want to have their own farm, their own money. And mm. um, we're kind of experimenting with like a point system so that depending on like what you ship, how you befriend NPCs, and by doing certain things in the game, um, 
there's actually like a point counter and in the corner of the game it says if you're like first second or third compared to other people playing um so it's hmm. not you know pvp as you would expect and i mean no one's like fighting each other with like you know hoes or shovels or anything like that <laughs> um it's just a friendly competition in um who can pretty much get ahead in terms of like uh strategizing how to like uh, gain as many points in terms of either farming or maybe foraging for items and things like that that's an interesting take on it is this mm -hmm. something that would be a over a long period of time kind of a competition because I, I assume that these would be tasks that you would do day to day would it be something like who can have the best farm or the the most prosperous farm in a month Ooh, so it's interesting you mentioned that so i'm going to tie this back to a previous thing we were talking about which is um player freedom to play the game because for the co-op mode we've added different options where players set how long they want the competition to be so you can have mm. the points be let's see who gets the most uh per day or you can say who gets the most per week or per season because you know when you're doing multiplayer um maybe not all the players can be online at the same time or right. maybe it's only two players playing so they can do it like long term so we've given like the player the option to kind of um adjust like how they do want to um at least play with the points feature and then we have an option as well that they can just take the points off and then just have their own um separate farms is uh is pretty much how that goes wow that's mm -hmm. i mean i have never heard of a game doing something like that so i can definitely see this being a selling point um mm -hmm. i hope that you push it a little bit more because i wouldn't have ever known if i didn't ask but for those listening you should get the game to to try that feature out that's pretty it cool is, it is very challenging like i said i do want to work on it more because when you think pvp you think more of like aggressive <laughs> like battling right, right. or maybe you're going to like you know just completely ruin like your neighbor's crops or something but um i'm trying to figure out um how to push that a little bit further because you know again i want to offer something different so like i said you could do like the co-op mode but for the pvp or you know like our competition i'm thinking maybe points maybe maybe the winner gets like a crown that they wear um if they're like ahead yeah. or something yeah. like that um but yeah definitely you want to workshop that idea more for um you know just more flexibility in um playing if someone's playing multiplayer Right. For sure. I can't wait to see what it comes out to. Um, so taking a step back, talking about the actual mechanics of the game and what you can do in here, I noticed something that it said you can romance every NPC in the game. Is that true? Almost NPCs. Almost. Sorry. Almost every almost NPC. Almost every. Okay. Yeah. There's like, there's maybe like five or six. Um, but the goal was very, very ambitious, kind of biting me in the butt, honestly. But hopefully <laughs> we'll definitely be worth it once I um, get everything set up. But um, so so in the game, um, something a little bit different that um, not a lot of farming games have is you can start your game in one of three towns. And depending uh -huh. on where you start off, you're going to have a slightly different game experience or gameplay because um, each town has its own set of about like 30-ish NPCs. You can, you can only grow certain crops in certain towns. Um, mm -hmm. But the reason I mention that is just to explain why we have so many NPCs is because we have these three towns. And so right. collectively, um, you can romance the MCs in the town that you are in, or you can go romance MC in in another town. <laughs> gotcha. um, but yeah, it is it is a lot of NPCs that you can romance. Not all of them, but probably like ninety percent of the NPCs in the game. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of romancing. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if yeah. that's a bit much. But um, <laughs> can you elaborate on what exactly that looks like as far as the interactions? Is this something where? Uh, you're choosing certain dialogue to that they like better is it something like giving them gifts like what is that what does wooing someone look like 
Okay, so, um, and games um, approach this differently, but again, you know, since you said you weren't familiar with, like, the farming game genre, and mm-hmm. um, Pumpkin Days is, is inspired by Harvest Moon, um, we just decided to go with the classic, like, what you do is you give them their favorite gifts. So every NPC gotcha. has usually, um, like, favorite food that they like that you can cook, so maybe, an, you know, so it's like maybe an NPC might like pies or cakes. Um, you can also do quests, which is uh, pretty standard where if MC has um, coincidentally, like maybe there's MC that you're trying to romance. Maybe they have a quest on the bulletin board. They're like, oh, bring um, I need like some flour for this thing. Um, you can also get essentially heart points with them. So mm-hmm. so it's like every NPC has like 10 um, like hearts. And what you want to do is you want to fill up um, like those heart points. And then after you fill them up. Then um, there's like the side quest you do where you can um, give them. Uh, so in our game, you give them like a jar of red stars to symbolize that like, oh, I want to romance you. Um, and <laughs> okay. then it actually unlocks another 10 uh, hearts. Um, those 10 hearts don't have, um, you know, like dialogue for like everything. But it's mm-hmm. kind of like another like, you know, different set of like um, goals the players can do. Because once you get like up to 12 hearts, then the NPC will ask um, you to marry them and then you know oh. that whole thing just keeps going but the short answer you give them food because that's <laughs> okay. how i want to be romanced is with food my favorite food <laughs> oh I, I i totally get it i am 100 percent on board with that um my wife and i both we are big foodies <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> um so let's talk about customization so mm-hmm. at the start you have a number of hairstyles qualities to customize your character with mm-hmm. Is this something that's all inclusive? Like the minute you start the game, you have everything or are there unlockables or there more things to get and collect throughout the game? What does that look like? Um, A little bit of both. So what you have complete access to are all the different eye types, um, the eyebrows, mouths, Um, Mm -hmm. the hair. However, you get half of the hairstyles. I think we have close to about... um, over 70 different hairstyles and so i kind of split that in half so that the player has something new to look forward to because you can go to a hair salon and then change your um hairstyle and then there's a a couple of extra hair color options there but quite a bit of the hairstyles are in default um the clothing is pretty limited because when you start off you're just starting off with just basic farmer clothes um so there's (laughs) a yeah like so there's a ton more uh clothing options in the game and when you go to the clothing store, how that works is technically everything is unlocked. But but how um, I set up in the game is the shops uh, work on rotation. So every day there's gotcha. just new items. So you have to check back in and be like, oh, maybe there's something new in there that I like um, that day. Mm-hmm. Are so there I any think- that are? Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Oh, no, it's fine. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, are there any uh, limited edition things kind of to that nature of having the multiple islands? So you can only find certain items in this island or uh, in another. Like, is that kind of a thing of why there might be different islands or is it just more of the different crops that you can find? You know, surprisingly, not really. There is one, um, a couple of limited items. So in the game, you have uh, festivals every season. And Mm -hmm. actually, each town um, has their own kind of festival. It's all on the Mm -hmm. same day. So... so maybe, for example, in Pumpkinville, one of our towns, they love the Flower Festival. There they have um, limited edition um, like clothes and furniture that only show up on that festival day in that town. And gotcha. then during the same time in Wahoo Beach, um, they're having like a fruit festival. So then you go and buy like fruit furniture. So there's a little bit of like, you know, rare items that are like town exclusive, but it's just mm-hmm. a couple handful. But other than that, I did want to keep the items um, like as open as possible. 
Right, right. That makes sense. On the same topic of customization, the mm -hmm. house builder, uh, it seems to have a lot of different styles that you can choose from, but I'm sure the creative minds out there might want more. Down the road, do you plan on in implementing things like a Steam workshop to allow others to create mods or custom creations that they can add into this? Ooh, so I'm actually sadly not that familiar with the steam workshop however um i do really want to have some sort of modding in the game in the future uh the question mm. is just hopefully if we have uh the time and budget to set that up because that's something that i want to think about like um after we hit the gold release of the game right of course of course um, but yeah I could, i'm mm -hmm. sure i could see you know very creative minds because uh there's just so many talented individuals out there. Mm -hmm. And especially if you get people who are in your community that have yeah. those talents, I'm sure they could create some really amazing things. And it's one of those things where I think that builds into the community itself, because mm -hmm. if you have others going there, nothing ever feels stale just because yeah, exactly. you have other people even creating content for you. Yeah, exactly. I am I am super, super um, pro-mod, and, and that's kind of the goal. However, I've been tentatively saying, like, we would definitely strongly like to have modding, but it's something that I can't 100% guarantee at this time because, you know, we do have to set up the game to allow it to be easy for the community to mod to begin with. So it's like we, you know, it's like we complete the game, and then we kind of go back and be like, okay, how do we get this to be moddable um, or just really easily moddable for, like, the community? Right, right. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you're already doing quite a few things in this game. Mm -hmm. So I'm not 100% surprised at that. Um, <laughs> it sounds like people will have enough content for quite a while. Um, for those who are listening and wanting to get in the indie game space, I always like to, to wrap up our, our conversations with some general advice and stuff that you've learned over your time working on games. So for those that are listening that want to get into the indie game space or maybe want to work on their own projects in this field, what are some advice or tips, things that you wish you had known before you had started working on Pumpkin Days? Oh no! You asked me for advice. This is going to be long now. No, you, you've got you've got time. We're we're here to learn. Because <laughs> um, just going on this journey, I have learned so 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 much that whenever I get asked the question, I'm just like, oh my gosh, how where do I even begin? Um, <laughs> so to get started, um, let's see. So I do have a little bit of background in game design. So I did go to college and I kind of was exposed to like a lot of the programs. Um, however, if you're just, you know, getting into it cold, there's just so many resources online. Um, I highly recommend just, you know, picking an engine or checking out their forum or community to see like how many like tutorials and things that they have if you're just completely new to game development. Um, if you have um, some game development knowledge, I highly recommend game jams. Um, I, I like I always say that um, I've learned so much doing a game jam as opposed to like an entire like semester of like a class mm -hmm. um and i did um i think two two game jams while i was in college it was kind of like an extra like curricular thing like yeah like with the teachers like oh well you know there's this global game jam if you guys want to sacrifice a weekend because it was like make a game in 48 hours right. um so it's pretty intense but um game jams are really really good learning experience because you know there's usually a, a crunch and a time limit and so you have to learn a, a lot of things in order to get to the final product such as teamwork if you're working in a team you have to learn about scope which is really really important and what i think is the number one killer of indie dev projects is you want to do all the things but you can't <laughs> <laughs> um, so game jams help you limit your scope because they're like you have one week to make a game and so you have to 
be you know more strict with like what you develop and be honest with your skills and what you can do um and you just learn like so much um from game jams um i know itch.io has game jams all the time so i would highly recommend um doing those um and maybe if you can't do a game by yourself there are definitely teams um if yeah if you have the time to volunteer and you have a good feeling about a team uh definitely do that as well and also on that note actually while i was in college i actually did volunteer on an indie dev project um Hmm. so i did learn some stuff from that mostly what not to do (laughs) (laughs) so that's useful too so yeah again if if you do have the time because you know not everyone will have the time to volunteer without pay for things like that but if you do have the time definitely see if you can join teams and do game jams is a good uh way to get some experience and then again if you don't know anything about like game development whether it's art or coding there's so many resources online on like youtube and then forums on the game engine uh, communities and stuff right there's a bunch of stuff out there now for those listening Pumpkin Days is currently in early access, as we've mentioned. Mm -hmm. So if any of this sounds interesting, please go check them out. Their Steam page is up there. uh, They've got a lot of positive reviews. There's a lot of cool stuff that you can do in this game. Once again, Momo, thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, Is there anything that you want to shout out or mention before we wrap this up? Um, I want to shout out our programmer, Jaden. So um, one last uh, final thing with Pumpkin Days. Pumpkin Days would not have happened without uh, Jaden. So like I said, it's it's mainly like the two of us in the engine. And then I, you know, I hire people freelance. But Jaden has been the um, the only person who's been with us for the whole time. Because mm-hmm. our previous team, unfortunately, had other commitments, had to go. But Jaden has been the backbone of this project. And um, not going to get into it too much, but Pumpkin Days used to be um, developed on a different engine. And so we actually had to gotcha. scrap the game. And I had no idea if this game was even going to come out. And then when we switched to the Unreal Engine, um, that's when I met Jaden. And Jaden has been with us this entire time. Um, I don't know any programming. I'm more of the artist. And so he's been the one that's put everything together um, in the game. And I don't think this game would have happened without me meeting him and then him actually sticking through the project the whole time when I was low on a budget. He was super flexible. Um, he's just gone above and beyond with helping the community. Like he's just been an amazing part of um, like like the Pumpkin Days development team. So I definitely want to um, shout him out. That's awesome. <laughs> well, best of luck to you. Once again, thanks for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Joshua. Oh,